Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Welcome to another episode of We Have Issues Independence. Hello. Um, hello. Laurie Dean Wiley here. Dan Hobart also here. Hello, my fellow independent citizens. So today's going to be a little more, I'm going to say the word personal, maybe emotional even. So don't turn off because... Don't run away. Dan and I are really going to just share some opinions today uh, related to subject matter of not living in the past. Being able to kind of take off that cloak of whatever it is that's happened in your past or maybe even something that you did in your past. Um, taking it off so that you can move forward, so that we can move forward. And, and so it starts with the person. But really, my perspective in looking at this was all the fantastic things that we hope for our city. Don't panic. All the things that we want to see achieved. And it's going to take every citizen to get on board with hope in the future. It's going to take every citizen to believe that the best is yet to come. I was watching a a show the other day, and the percentage of people who believe the best was yet to come for our country had fallen. It's going backwards. I'm sure. And some of that is how people feel politically. Some of that's how they feel economically. And the good thing for me, um, and this is where... I just can't be anything but honest is, is those outward circumstances are there, absolutely. But how you internalize them or how you deal with them, and for me, it's through a faith perspective of, yep, all these things are going on. I may or may not be able to do anything about them, but how I approach them or how I deal with them or how I hope past them or through them is really what um, allows me to have a joyful disposition despite it or hope and belief in the future. And so it troubles me when I see or hear people have less hope or less belief in their future at a time when Dan in this city We have nothing but great hopes and plans for independence. Yeah. You know, and so I really wanted to talk about uh, a subject. I was having lunch with a friend, and we were talking about just some incidences that happened in each other's past and, and how you can end up dwelling on those. And from a sermon once, um, my pastor talked through it as the word shame. And I think shame is something we can all understand from a definition. We've all had different levels of it. Um, I think especially when you talk about city politics, you know, that fear of 
something in the past haunting you or coming back. I mean, the man's been dead for a long time now, but you think about uh, Kennedy and a car wreck that ended in the death of a young girl. That is still brought up over and over and over again. How do you allow somebody to take a horrible event but get past it, forgive it, move on? You know, I I wasn't going to bring up that subject, but I just think, you know, of these big items that people have done or been accused of, and they, some of them make it through it and some of them don't. What's the difference? And I really believe it's that word shame. We have this personal. Yeah. We have this um, statement that we use in my particular church where we say, it should not be shame on you. It should be shame off you. You know, you need to get to a point where you don't live in that shame that you're able to not allow others to shame you, but really not to allow yourself to shame you from inhibiting your future. You know, take the shame off you. What are those things? Well, there's things you've got to do. You've got to admit something. In many cases, there might even be serious consequences to what you've done. But it's not necessarily uh, life-lasting or or something you can't move past. Um, I think of people who have been addicts for a really long time, and then at one point it works finally, and they're no longer using drugs. What changed? Did their chemistry change? Probably not. Their environment might have changed. They might have changed some good friends (laughs) that maybe they hung around. But really it was something about that person that decided, now's the time I'm going to stop what I've done, and I'm going to do something different. I want that for our citizens. Whatever has held us into the past, whatever past mistakes the city's made, whatever um, disbelief a citizen has had about how better their life could be, I want us to honestly be able to do something different than we've ever done as individuals, as citizens, as a city, and have a much better hope for our future. So right now I give everybody permission, shame off you, and let's move forward. When I was looking at what does that mean? So I'm going to use the term success. What allows us to have success in the future that we haven't been able to have in the past? And Americans have been really great about using these adages, using these uh, positive affirmations to spur somebody on. So if somebody wants to start a business, we tell them, great, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you're going to be able to do it. Or somebody has an idea that's not been done before. We said, that's a great idea. We'd like to, we would benefit from that. So a rising tide, it raises all boats. Go for it. You know, um, President Harry Truman was famous for saying it doesn't matter, uh, you know, that it's amazing what we can do if it doesn't matter who gets the credit for it, you know. There's lots of these things that we say 
that spur future success for someone else? Well, let's start doing it for us. Let's start doing it for our city. Let's start doing it for each neighbor. Let's, you know, because that collective of neighbors is our city. And so I'd like to kind of dive into those um, positive affirmations a little bit and just get your take on them. Uh, You are a philosopher. You're a study of history, (laughs) Dan. Uh, But you're also somebody who has one-ninth of the power, right? Seventh. Many, seventh, one seventh of the power on our, on our council to, um, I was put you on the Supreme Court there, didn't I? Um, but gives us the power to maybe make some changes. And then nothing happens in a lot of cases without, uh, definitely if it takes a citizen vote to move things forward. So we've got big things coming. Yeah. Um, so when I looked up these positive uh, thoughts, for example, let's start with pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The history of this was so funny to me that I thought, I have to leave this in and talk about this today. So you think about, you know, the early 1800s and boots had a little strap behind them. And somebody said, well, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps because if you're tugging on your bootstraps, you're trying to get your boot on, but you can't lift your whole self up. So it was completely sarcastic. It had nothing to do with about being successful, had nothing to do about um, us all envisioning a bootstrap raising the person up. Um, but over time, it turned into taking the impossible and making it possible. And therefore, then it became um, a positive affirmation about how if you work hard enough, anything's possible. you can probably make it happen, even if it looks impossible. So I'd love to hear your kind of take on how, as citizens, we can take that, just that affirmation, um, and I do believe that if you say positive affirmations, your day will be better. So if, if somebody today decided to pick up, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps today, no matter what happens, you know, where can that take us as a city? Good day, Dan. Good morning. Good morning, the little bird said. <laughs> Is that an old wake-up song? I don't remember. Yeah, it's like a Boy Scout thing we used to ah, do. Ah, Boy camp. Scouts. Yeah. All right. Well, another edition of We Have Issues Independence. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. I'm Dan Hobart. You know, Dan, in the immortal words of President John F. Kennedy, don't ask what your, your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Yes, ma'am. Tell me. So what today, can I do? today we're going to talk a little bit about opportunities for service. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess that in your role as an elected official, you might get bombarded with some complaints from time to time. Fair Every to say. Every so often. Or maybe some suggestions of what you should do. It happens once in a while. Or maybe even just downright disgust. Mm, <laughs> probably once. Only once. That's good. Okay. Yeah. You have a good track record then. You know. You know, um, 
I'm just a big believer. If you're going to complain about something, be willing to offer a solution. Hey, God bless you, Lori Dean. <laughs> you know, um, in my past as a, a manager of lots of employees, I they learned my rule very early in their employment, and that was don't come to me with a problem without at least two solutions in your back pocket. Doesn't mean those were going to solve it. Doesn't mean we're going to even be able to use them. But I wanted people to have accountability to the things that were causing them grief. Like if you're in a job and you don't like the way something works, then why just keep doing it? Why not try to figure out a better solution? Now I know in might be a little Pollyanna because in some jobs you would not have that unfortunate right with your management. Um, and that's a whole nother story about maybe that's not a good place to work. But um, sometimes it's just there's a cog in a wheel and things just keep spinning and we don't know where to stop it and in, interject our our good advice or our solution or an opportunity for change. And I don't think local government should be one of those places. I think local government has to be an area where everyone can see maybe something they could improve. If they're involved, they can hear where there's some problems that maybe a solution hasn't you know, been brought forth. And yet, in my experience as a citizen, I hear more complaints than I do solutions. And I just have to say it frustrates me because I'm, I'm somebody who's chosen to get involved. I don't have the power sometimes. I certainly don't have the, the ability to make things my way because that's not what I'm really looking for. What I'm looking for is if there's a repeated problem, what point do you you change it? Or if there's something that you believe could be made better, at what point do you start brainstorming and be a part of the solution? And those things are available in our city. They are available through service. They're available through joining a committee, joining a board, Uh, serving on a nonprofit board is something that I've done for several years now. And if there's a problem, we as a board meet, we brainstorm, we figure out maybe one or two solutions that we think are the best option to try. They don't always work, but it's better than sitting there and complaining or just letting things happen to you letting a nonprofit suffer because somebody didn't step up or we didn't try a different idea. I believe that that same philosophy has to move forward with local government, with our city. And so one of those ways I just want to charge anybody listening today that wonders how they can get more involved. Um, I looked and there are currently 14 boards and commissions for the city of independence that have vacancies. Some of those boards or commissions have multiple vacancies. And so 
right off the bat, that seems one easy way that if there's a concerned citizen out there that they could apply. So first of all, it's just an open application. But I'd like to just talk about a few of them today and really what the function could be and should be for those committees, but also what are some of the, um, I guess, skills, abilities somebody should have to raise their hand and say they'll serve. Um, And so, you know, let's just talk about a fun one right now, and that would be the tree commission. Uh, Maybe, uh, what, a month, month and a half ago, you and I happened to attend a planting ceremony um, over at the market, and you were actually the featured uh, uh, congratulated uh, (laughs) person, I guess. Um, But what does the tree commission, why do we have a committee on Tree trees. Com- trees. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that's a good question. Um, we have an arborist, Charlotte, and uh, everybody loves Charlotte if you pay attention to trees. But we have so many parks, and she takes care of uh, the parks generally, but also especially our historical uh, sites. The Bingham and the Vale have lots of, you know, special plantings and um so the tree commission just keeps track of that stuff and also the trees around the city properties and city hall and all that you know it's it's actually a pretty neat thing that we have uh because trees and green space and sort of carbon and uh cooling and this sort of urban environment stuff trees are a big deal now so we're actually a little bit ahead of the uh it's kind of green and kind of frou-frou, uh, so not everybody may like may like the idea of it, but it's it's uh, it's it's a lovely um, kind of forward-thinking uh, thing. But if you love the outdoors, if you love you know nature and planting, and want to learn more about trees, we got some really great people on there. There's a uh, uh, IPL uh, arborist that is on the tree commission, and of course Charlotte is, and uh, you want to learn about trees and get involved. It's a great thing. So somebody who just loves their city, maybe cares about the beautification of it, obviously our trees provide for that. But yeah. there's also s- such a, a much larger plan for the city when it comes to how we plant and why we plant and and so, oh yeah, you know, it just it might seem like a oh, there's a tree plan an unimportant for the city. yeah uh, role, but it's really an important role. So no, they're neat. It's a neat thing. Yeah. So I would encourage uh, anyone if they want to apply. Is that something that the mayor and each council person uh, uh, put somebody on that border commission? I, uh, you know, I, I have never. Typically, what happens is. The city clerk, now our clerk just, you know, left. To, right. She got a different job. So uh, typically she'll let us know when we have a personal opening okay. to an appointment on one of these boards or commissions. Um, I've never gotten notice that I had one on the tree commission, so it may be somebody else's, but just get a hold of somebody. Okay. One of us, um, uh, get a hold of uh, Kim Osborne. Um, John Mayfield, 
Somebody in the community department. Me. Um, your city council person. You city could probably council say person. I'm really interested. Yeah, yeah. Get a hold of your city council person. Um, if you on any of these. Yeah. That you hear about today. Get a hold of somebody up there at City Hall, and they'll get it to the right person. And and if you're interested, you know, absolutely. You got to do a very, very, very tiny, short application. It's very short. Okay. So. Um, I enjoy my work on a couple of commissions. Um, and just, you know, it hasn't been a long time that I've served on the Planning Commission, but... It's, I feel like it's a very important role to the work of the city. It is. Um, planning is. Planning is the, probably the most important. Well, I feel honored. I really do feel honored. And one thing that uh, I thought would be important to talk about on any service of any commissioner board is that they are advisory, really, only. Yeah. You know, we're not voting to make determinations for the city we're not voting to even enact ordinances we are making recommendations we're advising our elected officials you um, and your fellow council and mayor on based on the information we received our conversations our uh, questions of those applicants to say the planning commission then we make a vote to recommend or not recommend going forward. But that comes after a lot of work that that applicant has had with the city staff. So there is a lot of work that goes into something being voted on and, and done by you, the council, before it ever gets to you. It's And so we do, a, I'll, I'll say the word, a lot of the grunt work. So some of the commissions and boards are a lot more work than others. Yep. Um, and that's okay. I, I think just serving, being willing to serve, raising your hand is a great place to start for a citizen looking to bring their own opinions and beliefs of what they think is best for the city and serve. Um, the planning commission itself does have a vacancy and the planning commission is one of those where we all have different backgrounds and it's, um, I believe those roles were kind of thought of or designed that they could ask questions from a different perspective and, and under a different set of maybe experience. And so the role that we have open is for an architect. It has been previously filled by an architect because well, you think about plans, <laughs> you think about planning commission, and we're looking at, uh, you know, blueprints by an architect in many cases. Um, so I just like to put that out as a, if there's a architect who lives in our city that is looking uh, to serve or has somebody on their staff that they would recommend for service, um, please, please apply. That doesn't mean it has to be filled by an architect, but... I just know in the past that's been the experience that that seat has been filled by. Yeah. Um, and so, but because it is such a important tool for the city council to make informed decisions, um, I just think it's, 
I really enjoy my time on there. It really stretches my um, intellect uh, reading yeah. some of the plans. Oh, yeah. um, but it also spurs a lot of really good interaction with those, with the applicants. You get to hear about why they applied and what their dream is and what they hope it looks like in the end. And almost every case, it's something that could be an economic engine for yeah. the city. Absolutely. So it's huge. Um, that one now is filled by each council person and the mayor. So um, right. I do not know which council member has that seat open. But, I don't either. Um, but that would be something to um, apply, you know, maybe even put your request into the mayor or your mayor pro tem. They could probably reach out to you, and we could get that forwarded to the right place. Well, yeah. So, um, so that's the planning commission. Uh, you know, one of the ones that I think is also huge would be the PUAB, the Public Utilities Advisory Board. It also has an opening. It does. Um, if I remember right, prior to her being elected, um, Councilwoman Bridget McCandless served on that. That's right. And I think it's probably a huge education for any citizen to serve on that one. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role of the PAUB? PUAB, sorry. The PUAB is designed to represent the citizens in the in regards to the public utilities. So, you know, I'll be very frank. Yes, um, I want you to be. It, <laughs> that board uh, has at times lost its way, and they spend time frequently on issues that, uh, frankly, have not been productive or helpful in representing the citizens. Maybe not under their purview going beyond? Yeah, absolutely okay. not. Uh, it really disappointed me this year, you know, um, they didn't d discuss hardly at all the the issues with the switch over on the billing system. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into a bunch of details on right, it because, right. frankly, it's not worth the discussion. Right. Uh, but, but there is room on the PUAB for folks that are interested in not just the electric utility but any of the utilities. Because it it's is, for all public utilities. It is. Yeah. And it is not, uh, this is not a spot for somebody that wants to fight against the council <laughs> uh, on and, and, and put forth their own personal views mm -hmm. on what they want to do with the utilities. This is, you are supposed to represent the citizens in, uh, you know, getting information in, uh, you know, protecting their rights and, in, um, you know, really, really trying to do what's best for the citizens in, uh, in their own utilities. It's a, it's an advisory board. That's it. Um, so I think that that's one of the commissions or boards that we often associate with not just advising, but, but 
the misthought on some citizens is that because they came out with their opinion or their vote, that that's the direction the city should go. And I do think it's very valuable to consider the Citizen Advisory Board, but it's not necessarily, you know, the end to the decision. Um, in fact, it's not the end. It's, it's just an advisory board. And so I think a citizen who would want to serve on that is somebody who can keep a very broad perspective of how utilities affect citizens, but also the city. They've never done an annual report. They're supposed to do an annual report. Wow. They're, um, I passed a resolution, I don't know, two and a half years ago for them to have a public hearing, mm -hmm. find out what the citizens think are important about the utilities. We still haven't done that. They, you know, it, it it's, I would love to see for that, I would love to see that board become what it's supposed to be. How I would, would how would that. you like to see it function differently? I would like to see it genuinely engage the public and address issues that are crucially important to now, its functioning. I, I would do. love to see it be an arm of the public okay. and and start dealing with things that, that directly uh, affect them. I would love to see discussions about, you know, what they should be talking about whether we should be doing automatic metering. They should be talking about whether we should have a program to bury all the lines in the city because we constantly spend money on tree limbs every year that knock down lines. Um, you know, recently we unburied a bunch of lines and put them back on poles. I, there's uh, so many things that they could be talking about that mm -hmm. could help raise the efficiency of IPL that would help try to mitigate costs for, uh, for uh, the ratepayers, and that's just with IPL. I mean, I'd like to have them look at water and sewer and make sure that we're, you know, being efficient as we can. And they should be doing these things. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to aid us uh, on behalf of the citizens. And that doesn't happen. And that's really unfortunate. I know that they have announced public meetings, and I know that they put out a newsletter and I get an email, uh, I think monthly. Um, but maybe not, that's not enough or, or maybe it's, there's some intimidation. I, I hate to use that word, but no, th their meetings are public. Okay. But that's not a town hall ish. I mean, they, so they, you're looking at more the where people know they can come and it's not an information download. It's a open conversation yes, correct. with citizens. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant by public meeting, yes. Okay. They're, they're supposed to have a, a broad town hall. So if statement. somebody's uh, concerned about rates or, you know, our drinking water is great, but all, of um, all, all of those it. difference, like I know there was a sewer problem or a water runoff problem somewhere near a uh, neighborhood in 23rd Street. Uh, as a part of a new construction that went on there, you know, those that's somebody that should apply. That's somebody that should apply to yeah. come and be on that board. Absolutely. Um, I also think 
Absolutely. that there are terms for all these boards. And in most cases, whether perceived or real, um, it's easier just to reappoint the same person. And I know one of your um, criticisms of some of our boards or commissions is that they all have the same people on them or the same person has been on that board for 10 years, 13 years, 15 years. Um, and so there is an opportunity. I would love to see some competition for some of these open seats. In some cases it works well. In some cases it doesn't. It really depends on the person. It depends on how well they work with the staff member that staffs the, mm -hmm. the board and commission. You know, sometimes they develop really good working relationships and they, understand the issues and they work real well together and sometimes they don't it you know, just depends one of the big uh, committees would be the personnel board and you know looking back at our unfortunate incident with um, independence police what year and a half ago two years ago um, personnel is one of those that highly confidential in many ways um, and should be um, but there's an open vacancy. Um, and so as personnel issues come up with city employees, that would be, I would think, a really important role moving forward. It is. Um, especially as we look at maybe somebody with an HR background, uh, somebody that's retired recently and, and still has uh, their pulse on, the governmental laws, you know, federal laws for personnel, uh, somebody that understands, you know, payroll and hiring processes. And, uh, you know, probably the one we mostly think about is the disciplinary processes, but there's a lot involved in the personnel board. And to have a vacancy, because I think that's a big barge to, you know, move. I think that's a big, um, a big one. I would just encourage uh, somebody just sitting there who's been in the past in HR. I'm thinking of a friend right now who listens to our podcast regularly that was with a major manufacturing, um, newer to our city, but very informed, very cool. smart. I, you know, and I will recommend her. Um, so, Great. but there is a opening there too. I think some of the other. Uh, boards and commissions aren't nearly as exciting, you know, by their name. Um, so the Board of Adjustment or, or um, well, controversial, the TIF Commission Board. But there's just not a lot coming through the TIF Commission anymore in light of, of some of our past TIFs. But that also has an opening on it. So, um, you we, know, yeah. one of the uh, ones that was more newly formed, gosh, probably in the last half of a decade was the Economic Commission, um, Economic Development Commission, and kind of just looking at passing it through the lens of citizens as developers bring projects through. So, for example, one of the last ones we discussed was this great hub project, you know, and just the economic engine that it's going to be to our city. And you looked you, we take a look on that commission of how are they bringing it. So what's the cost to the citizens? What's the cost to the city? Is it really providing a need that we have? Um, and 
what is the reputation of this particular developer. Um, so you really look at a lot. And then one of the pieces I think a lot of people forget is that when we look at any kind of incentives, it is always proposed to the schools. So we have representatives from each of the school districts for independence that, um, and including Blue Springs because citizens live in independence, so Fort Osage and the independence. And we look at how will that lower tax rate maybe for that project affect the schools? Is the school okay with it? And, you know, the hub project is one that was 100% everybody on board because the outcome of what that's going to provide to that area is huge. Um, and so that's some of the fun of serving on a commission or a board is that, one, you get a first look at some of these ideas. Not all of them make it to fruition. Not all of them make it to the council. But if you're somebody who feels like you don't know enough about what's going on in your city, serving on a border commission is a great way. Not only do you learn about what's going on in your city, but to your last point about um, like certain uh, people staying on commissions or boards for a longer time, it's because you do develop these relationships with the decision makers of the city. You are able to have real conversations and look at problems and brainstorm through them or share what it is your hope and dream is for the city and maybe provide a idea. So I'm gonna go out on a limb here and share one of my ideas that I've shared um, because I just think how cool it would be. And it's, yeah, it could, it could cost a little bit of money, but you know, so there is an empty building setting at Little Blue and I-70. It was the old GEHA building, and... Not that old. It's not that old, but it, but they were the last people there. Well, yeah. Um, and I just envision... So at some point, we will need a new municipal building or a new place to have city council meetings or a new place to have city... City oh, yeah. personnel offices, because yep. as the police station is very, very old, the municipal building is right behind it, right? So um, I just think it would be so cool and neon to see at the top of that building City of Independence or iHeart Independence in neon lights and knowing that that's the place where city business gets done. It, it would be seen by every traveler on i-70 you're right and uh, it because it's not a dilapidated building it's a a, it is a newer building it's probably in good order it's probably has all the space we would need um you know what i don't know is how much is it and can we afford it but so that is my idea one idea because i want to raise the reputation and the marketing of this city that I love. Yeah. In the immortal words of Lynn Baker at the Independence Chamber of Commerce, I love independence. <laughs> um, I'm on board with her. You know, we there are things like that that we can think of and dream of and do and almost do, I'm going to say quickly. 
Um, and then there are things that are going to change our landscape with a new public safety center. There's going to be things that change our landscape with, we've moved dirt now at Eastgate with the North Point development, but man, in a couple of years, uh, we're going to have school, high schoolers learning trades in a training facility well, at Eastgate. And, and homeless people. Yes. Doing jobs. And underemployed people. Doing jobs. You adults. know, it's, there are just so many things. And so a lot of those ideas came out of individuals serving on boards and commissions. And I cannot stress enough that stop complaining and start serving. It will change our city. So, Bam. I can't be more blunt than that, huh? <laughs> Leave a place better than you found it. Do a good turn daily. Absolutely. You know, I hope, I hope that, the, you know, knowing there's a place you can serve um, was helpful to some. That's, that's just on the city. But know that there are nonprofit boards that you just need to pick up the phone and call them and say, what can I do? There may or may not be a board seat available, but start volunteering. Get involved with your city. Um, there's uh, lots of organizations that are looking for people who just care, have ideas, and want to spend a little time and a little money on making things better. So that's another episode of We Have Issues, Independence. Au revoir. Thanks for listening. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. <laughs>